Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule, and this is the Christmas special episode. Very excited to be perched 52 metres above sea level for today's episode uh, at the Puig de Mesa, where I recorded um, an episode when I got back from Indian lockdown back in 2020 in July after a very large hiatus from making the podcast. So this place has got a very special place in my heart um, and it's also one of the outstanding examples of fortified churches in Ibiza and Formentera and was built in the 16th century on the ruins of a church that had collapsed following a pirate attack. The nave inside the church displays a notable Baroque altarpiece from the San Milan church in Segovia, which was brought to Ibiza by the Marquis of La Zoya in order to replace the former altarpiece that was destroyed during the Spanish Civil War. So we're not um, allowed to go inside the church for today's episode. I think there's actually a ceremony underway. Um, It is that time of year, I think, when there's a lot of, um, you know, festivities and prayer and ceremony going on but for for me this feels like exactly the same kind of momentous occasion um, with today's guest who's actually joined me for the last three Christmases. I know it's it's a it's an annual pilgrimage and I always get so excited to do this Christmas podcast with you Um, and I've made some lovely uh, festive nibbles and tipples and yeah looking forward to spending time with you. I'm looking forward to spending time with you, Tess Prince, chef extraordinaire and creator of Love Food Ibiza. And, you know, there's everything to love here. You've even brought your very own mini Christmas tree. And um, what's, you know, what's that lurking behind the mistletoe there? Oh, well, we've got a couple of things. Are you talking about the flower arrangement? We'll talk about that first because that's the good thing. So basically... Uh, this beautiful little flower arrangement I've made from you is all foraged um, forest flowers. And yeah, I mean, I used to go and spend a lot of money in the UK on Christmas uh, flora and fauna. And it's all here at our fingertips. There's herbs in there as well. And the thing that you were looking at that you, that's caught your eye is my clemoncello. <laughs> I knew you'd be looking at that. As well as my miniature Christmas tree. So clemoncello... I made that about three weeks ago. So anyone making it for Christmas is around about, it's around about the right time to do it. It takes about two weeks and actually, no, it's Christmas next week. I've lost a week. Oh dear. Um, So maybe make it for New Year's Eve. So basically the same principle as limoncello, but using clementines because it's Christmas. I've also put um, some uh, cinnamon bark that I got in India and some star anise so it's got those lovely christmas spices and then the alcohol in it is a gold tooth vermouth which is a lovely gold tooth which featured last year that we got a little bit tipsy on and gin so it's quite pokey would you like to try some 
I think that sounds like a wonderful idea. I mean, it's all been happening here already at the Pug de Mesa this morning. We just we just saw Nick Mulvey leaving uh, church about two two minutes ago, didn't we? Passing through with his two children. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've often played his music, and and Trish on uh, the uh, on her yoga retreats would often play his uh, music. So it was just yeah, quite quite extraordinary to bump into him today yes spotify unwrapped favorite artist of the year has just passed by i mean what a way to begin i think you should get some of that clement clement in that glass over there and get this thing off with a bang i'm quite um amazed actually to see you drinking because i know that you've had um a little rest which you can tell us about in a, in a wee while but you've also had quite a few deeply um spiritual experiences this year which are the reason that we are recording um today's episode at the church yeah, I mean, where do I start? It's been a pretty phenomenal year for me. Um, and yeah, it's quite poignant that we're here at the church because uh, I do feel like I had amazing spiritual awakening. I had a near-death experience um, over three months ago. So that's why I've not been drinking. I like completely cut out alcohol just to help with the healing process. Um, but yeah, here I am now <laughs> getting talked into some Clemencello. <laughs> Well, let's, I think you should have a sip before you tell us about your near-death experience because um, it would be rude not to include that. Cheers. Rude. Bottoms up. Mm. Oh, gosh. Mm. That's absolutely delicious. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's really warming, isn't it? With those, um, with the cinnamon spices and then you've got that hit of citrus. We've got so many fruits you know it's it's citrus season right now so it's making the most of um citrus so you can use like regular orange as well but i particularly like clementines at the moment so there's only a few times of the year that i really get into you know the satsuma game and the clementines and that's you know clearly christmas time so i'm glad that you chose that because actually that is one of my favorite things um that i get to consume over the christmas period that's mildly healthy yeah i mean I think eating whole fruit, whole citrus fruit in favour of juicing is so much better. I mean, the, the level of fructose when you have like freshly squeezed orange juice, even if it's fresh, you're going to spike. Um, so to eat the whole fruit is, is fantastic. And to have it with alcohol is even better. <laughs> you've, just dropped, you've just dropped your Christmas tree, darling. <laughs> Christmas trees <laughs> falling off the ledge. I'll hold on to the Christmas tree. Well, it's because this, these walls, these old Finca kind of style walls that have been since the 16th century, perhaps, um, are a little bit wonky. Uh, understandably, they've weathered quite a few centuries. Yeah, I mean, uh, if the walls could talk, I mean, there's been some pretty incredible things happening. And I'm glad you um, explained about the history of this church. And I, I didn't really know much about it, but I know I'm going to come on Christmas Eve take a little hike up here but we were going to do the the christmas special up up the hill behind where you live which is a, an incredible little chapel and i don't even know the name of that chapel i can't remember either and i was going to do some research before that episode but i actually came up here the other morning uh, unplanned and i don't know why but i ended up in the church i was the only person there there was someone cleaning the altar quite noisily and I just decided that I really wanted to meditate and have a little prayer (laughs) to close this year and actually that's the first time I think I've actually ever done that in my entire lifetime so I obviously wanted to send you the video so that we could figure out where we were going to actually sit and um, put all of our delicious uh, Christmas festive nibbles but um, yeah I just 
I, it's so beautiful in there. And I've sat actually on the wall just opposite from where we're sitting on many occasions. And in fact, I might even play a little bit of that music and mix this into the podcast because um, I was once here and the most unbelievably beautiful song was coming out through those um, archways over there. I mean, it absolutely stopped me in my tracks. It was it was like a, you know, the chorus of, of whoever was in the church were, were singing these kind of ever things. And I could hear, strangely, them naming different towns around Ibiza. They were singing around all the different place names. So I don't know, you know, if anyone recognises this, do feel free to drop me an email um, or um, Instagram on at the Reset Rebel to, if you recognise, you know, what that music means. I'd love to understand more because I'm gonna, I have recorded it. I recorded it on my phone. So you're listening to it now, basically, because I'll mix it underneath. Um, but it was absolutely one of the most beautiful um, songs I've ever I've ever witnessed in a in a church. And was it a, a religious day of the week or what? what? I mean, it wasn't a holiday that I would have recognised. Um, but yeah, clearly it meant something to the people that were inside. I think it might have been a national holiday, but I can't remember which one it was. I mean, it was eight, you know, it was months ago. Wow. Well, I wonder what they'll be playing on Christmas Eve. Let me know, because I'll be in London. Good God, the sun has just <laughs> come out. And oh my God, my back is actually on fire. I, it's an absolute sun trap. And I, this morning, my friends in the UK were sending pictures of their sunny back gardens with their dogs frolicking in the snow and you just can't believe it I mean we're English roses I mean I haven't got my factor 50 on today (laughs) I'm regretting it I think a mistake to make her it's like bouncing off the white walls like uh, burnt frost burnt to a crisp (laughs) we'll be pigs in blankets well, that's how it was like last year do you remember we sat on San Vicente beach and we I literally did get burnt (laughs) so I think we might have to move into the sh- into the shade, but anyway, um, I'm going to serve up. I'm going to rustle up a little a little starter. I literally cannot wait. I'm almost salivating at the prospect of uh, whatever you've got in your basket, and um, I'm just going to hit pause before the first course. So, the first course has arrived. A little top-up of uh, Clemoncello has just uh, happened and you've just un- unveiled um, what look like little mini Christmas crackers. Yeah, I mean, we're... Do you know what? The whole Christmas cracker thing is very British, isn't it? And, you know, they're, they're a big disappointment. Uh, so I've gone for an edible Christmas cracker. And to be fair, I mean, anything wrapped in pastry this time of the year is, you know, going to be an instant hit. So these are the phyllo-filled Christmas crackers. So inside, I've got um, a medley of mushrooms. Do you like blue cheese? I think you do. Did you say you like blue cheese? And I've done some rockfall running through that. Cranberries and smoked um, cashews. 
so crunchy, smoky, um, mushroomy, cheesy, and then all wrapped in phyllo pastry. And I've done even little strings on the end, Christmas strings. Well, without further ado, I think we should um, dive in there. And um, may I? Yeah, of course. Let me. You can floss with the string. <laughs> Yeah, mine, okay, I'm going in. I do eating and podcasting is always tricky. Oh, I can't eat the string. No, that string's not edible. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Just lost, lost my lost, lost half my cracker now. Mmm. <laughs> oh my god. Oh wow, that's very, very decadent. Oh, now I'm eating with my mouth full. It's just nice to have that little hit of fruit because I tried to encapsulate like a bit of a cheese board within a puff within pastry and um, obviously mushrooms at the moment there are so many different mushrooms on the island I did pass some when I was foraging those flowers today but I wasn't entirely sure whether they were toxic toxic or not so. I'm, I could just be about to die but I'm in the right place because I think there's actually a, a cemetery just around the corner yeah you don't want to be a Christmas stiffy <laughs> well not not quite yet anyway I mean um, I think I'd rather stay upright and uh, eating your wonderful cheese and mushroom parcels these are um, mm, absolutely gorgeous actually I'm gonna have another little sip of the old uh, clemoncello to go with oh do you know what mm. In my little Christmas hamper here, this is one kind of pantry item that is my go-to decadence. And it's a black truffle oil with CBD in. And um, actually, we, we had that at Pikes this year. So it's got a little Pikes logo on it. Um, and we, we served that on many, many items. But have a try. It's amazing. Do people just do, do shots of that at parties and things? Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically retox to detox. <laughs> That's a good like hangover cure on your uh, on your scrambled eggs. Um, she's going to wallop a dollop all of that Ooh, <laughs> for the plate. If things change bit... moving forward, you'll know why. <laughs> I think I was a little bit overzealous there. Um, but anyway, try try that now with the truffle oil on it. And mind that string. <laughs> Don't want to choke on that. Here we go. Okay, going in for round two. Mmm. It's quite difficult to decipher the flavour of the oil. I think, um, it's with the strong flavour of the cheese, but mm, mm, absolutely delicious. Um, everyone's starting to pour out of the church now, typically, when I've got my mouth full of cheese and mushroom. <laughs> Hello, hola. <laughs> I think... This is a new religion. It's called that. <laughs> the religion of podcast picnics. I mean, it's a shame I can't offer some around to the uh they the congregation coming out but um make make a quick sacrifice there's there's still one there yeah i'm gonna go and hand one to that lovely gentleman there oh my god (laughs) (laughs) only tess she's asking if he wants to eat one of her christmas parcels and he said yes he's going in (laughs) be careful of the string (laughs) we are now feeding (laughs) feeding the five thousand. 
to put it, I suppose, yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah. all right. Sharing is caring, less for us, but anyway. So Tess has uh, just come back from uh, feeding the 5,000, breaking bread with Jesus and um, drinking some red wine with um, the, the congregation. <laughs> How was that? I mean, it, only in Ibiza, only in Ibiza. It's like, I, I love sharing food. Um, I'm known as the feeder of Ibiza, so it's quite appropriate, isn't it? And it's Christmas and uh, they've got a few recipe tips and they're going home um, all satisfied. Well, they actually already knew about this podcast, which is absolutely hilarious because they knew Anna, who was on quite a few episodes ago and they're basically her best friends and were, she was a witness at their wedding 40 years ago that's how the conversation began what are you doing we were like recording the christmas podcast I mean, what else are we going to be doing here with tinsel on our foreheads and presents on our heads and sweating and now we've actually changed position i've moved the christmas tree i've moved the foliage three times and uh, yeah three times and now we're sitting against the wall and i feel the sun is actually moving around the steeple there is that a steeple it's um and uh, the spire the spire and yeah it's I a mean, bit like a nipple i did you said don't be rude and now i was talking about that looking like a luscious nipple and now you've said it well so <laughs> i couldn't resist that i think it's because i was gazing down the valley and it was just uh, it just popped into my mind I think I'm um, getting a, a strong affirmation that um, Ibiza uh, architects know what they're doing because actually as I place my back against the wall of the church, I'm feeling a lot cooler than I was a few minutes ago because that's what they do, isn't it? They keep the cool in and the heat in and then the warm air and the snow out, which is um, kind of, you know, it's great design, isn't it? Because I can tell by the cool building against my back that, um, yeah, it's kind of cooling me down from this ridiculous sunshine that's just suddenly started to appear. And, and this kind of knobbly bench is kind of massaging my coccyx as well. Multi, multitasking at its finest. <laughs> um, yeah, and I bet there's no damp in there. I mean, the house is in Ibiza. It's just like problematic, isn't it? The- well, when I sat on that pew the other day and did my meditation, I mean, I was, it was dry as a bone in there. It felt very, very crisp. Well, I think we should move into a church, shouldn't we? I think we probably should. So should half of Ibiza and they could probably fit, actually. It's cavernous in there. It, I mean, I've just I've just had a peek inside, and um, I'm very much looking forward to um, having more visits up here because it's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it's spectacular. So, have you become a bit more spiritual now? You've had these near death experiences this year. Are we talking about my near death experience? <laughs> um, I mean, absolutely. Uh, what what fundamentally happened was, yeah, pretty much momentarily dying. And uh, just having that just, just sense of beauty around me. And when I kind of came back into consciousness, I was like, oh, really? I was quite happy there. So, and then I felt like I'd actually cheated death. And But why? What happened? You haven't actually... Like... Oh, right. Sorry. You want me to explain. So I was, I was on holiday in the summer visiting my um, brother who just purchased a house in Wales and we were all in the car as a family, me, my mum, my dad and my brother, in the car. And I just f- could smell this awful, really strong chemical smell. And I remember my parents talking about Ibiza and how nice it must be to be out of the blistering heat. And I just couldn't respond. And then I had this absolute desire to get out of the car immediately. And I was scrabbling around, I was 
Stella was going to be sick. So my brother opened the sunroof and the window and then all of a sudden, the next minute, I'm out of the car and this, this feeling in my lungs, I was dry retching, but it was, it was so deep in my lungs and apparently I found out that you can actually vomit from your lungs and that's what I did. All this froth was coming up and I then passed out and had a massive seizure, an epileptic fit. And as my as I'm losing consciousness, my my parents and everyone were obviously beside themselves, screaming and shouting and my brother was trying to phone paramedics. They really didn't know what was going on and, and the last thing I remember was uh, my brother saying, what's happening to Tess? And my dad saying, she's dying. And the upshot of it was there was a canister of very highly toxic... Um, radiator lacquer because my brother was renovating his house and by freak accident the golf clubs had knocked onto the lid and it had combusted and it came out in one almighty gush I think it was probably a bit unstable anyway because of the heat and the cold and it actually melted the lid there was a sky remote control also underneath the canister and that melted it was like a Salvador Dali melted clock and so when my, when my dad was saying what's happening to Tess and saying she's dying, my brother had the canister in his hand and there's literally like a skull and crossbone saying this can instantly kill. So that's what had happened. I had inhaled the whole canister, so I had inhalation burns, but my brother was on the phone and air ambulance was were, were going to come out and uh, come to the rescue because we were up like a mountain pass. And... My dad called over a passerby and he happened to be a prison warden and he knew exactly what the situation was because obviously in, in prisons people get solvents in to, you know, for recre- recreational highs or to commit suicide. So he re- regained my breathing. Um, so I had in really bad inhalation burns um, I had lung damage. That's subsequently why I gave up alcohol for, because mm. it had to. I had to process the uh, the chemicals through my, my through my liver and kidneys, and I had to really take care of myself. So I, I look at it as a big cosmic kick, which I actually think I needed, because I wasn't. You know, I cook very wholesome food, but I do drink probably too much alcohol and having a little bit too many party times through the summer and sometimes you have to slow down but uh you know the big awakening happened like four or five days later when I thought no one else in the car suffered my mum had like a tight chest the next day but it was so isolated on me have you seen the film Final Destination (laughs) no I haven't okay (laughs) It's pretty. It's pretty crappy, um, but it it's like a Hollywood uh, Hollywood movie about cheating death, and I felt like I cheated death, and I was like, I, maybe maybe I shouldn't be here. So I I kind of then went into a massive downward inner turmoil, proper reflecting on, yeah, I shouldn't be here, and I was cursed, and it was actually my friend Shirley 
Um, oh, my bulbs just hit the wall. I'm actually <laughs> dazzled by those sparkles on your uh, presence. I must admit. <laughs> I know. I Blinded by about, the light. Talking about death, and I've got these teeny boppers. They're called teeny boppers, aren't they? Um, and yeah, a few days later, I was like really in a quite a bad pit of despair, and also a lot of discomfort from the actual injuries that I uh, that had happened. And my friend, my really good friend said to me, you haven't cheated death. You, this wasn't your time to go. And it's a, it's a massive blessing. And don't be fearful. And something crazy happened in the middle of the night. Whether it was a panic attack or a big awakening, I, I felt like I was in the, pit, in, in, a, in the pits of despair in a very dark place. And I just recited the Lord's Prayer as my friend said I should do and actually it was it was the Queen's funeral so I remember seeing in the in on the news and in the newspapers all the double rainbows over Balmoral over Buckingham Palace over Windsor Castle I mean that was a phenomenal situation I loved the Queen I was very upset by her death but that was just a beautiful phenomenon wasn't it seeing those rainbows and I had this huge three in the morning panic attack I could literally feel the chemicals back in my throat and I was retching getting myself in a very very wound up it was almost like I could see my funeral then I started reciting the Lord's Prayer how does it go you know the Lord's Prayer (laughs) sing us us at the Puig de Mesa can you give us a, a little rendition our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Very good. 10 out of 10. Good start. I've gone all flushed now. Felt like I was back in... I thought you were my religious RE teacher. <laughs> Um, and I was chanting it over and over and suddenly I was back in that white light that I felt in that moment of either losing consciousness, passing out where I was going in my happy place and I was engulfed again in this pure white calming light my my pulse rate, my everything just completely calmed down. I was floating on a cloud and I just felt like a massive presence of light and love around me. And I've always practiced gratitude. I was never christened as a child, um, but I've always had a, a, a strong belief. And yeah, practicing gratitude on a daily basis, just happy for being alive, happy for health the health of my friends my family health is wealth isn't it and you know scenarios that I've had in my part you know in my past with my, my first husband dying and um yeah I, I I'm, I'm a huge believer in lo- the power of love the power of light the power of gratitude so it's all like been parceled up and like yeah, a present on your head like a, pre- like a beautiful Christmas present and yeah I've yeah, I am getting baptised on my birthday. Well, I think that's <laughs> really beautiful and rightly so. You know, if you've been through something like that and really feel like you've come back from the other side or even just had a glimpse for a moment. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know what powered me through the doors of the Perg de Mesa the other day, but I genuinely felt the, the need for the first time in my life to pray. And that is exactly what I did. And it felt amazing. I think after even having, you know, going through COVID, like the, the whole process of COVID and lockdown, we, I think everyone around the, on the entire planet became more reflected, um, more grounded um, and just seeing the beauty in the world. It, amongst the catastrophe that was happening, a lot of beauty came out of it. That you know, there was the planet rested for a while in terms of environmentally, and then we could all re- reset in a way. And I think materialism and you know, striving for you know, just everyone striving when really we should just be happy that we're alive. Quite simple, isn't it? Happy to be healthy, to be alive, and yeah, thankful. So, I mean, there's a lot of striving going on in a lot of other parts of the world right now. I mean, we're not going to go into that because it's not very festive, but um, you know, there's a lot of darkness and there's a lot of sadness and a lot of pain and people suffering. And I think for sure, I mean, you, we are disgustingly lucky to be in the position that we're in. And I think gratitude is, you know, particularly on a day like today, you know, two days before Christmas, it's you know we're just in a we're in paradise and we're safe and we're warm and we're well fed thanks to you and you know there's just so much to be thankful for it's actually kind of ridiculous it is and 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 uh, i feel very humbled that you say you say that because there's monumentally awful awful things happening around the world right now and yeah all we can do is if we're in, in, in a time of peace, which we are right now, as you said, in Ibiza, um, what, more, what more do we need? We don't need presents, do we? Exactly. And, um, yeah, I'm having a bit of an amnesty with my family this year, just not to, not to bother because, I mean, I bought my mum a scarf. That's, that's about it. Hopefully she's not listening to this. The surprise will have been ruined. But I feel like, yeah, there's just nothing feels important in that department at the moment. For me, just being home in my parents' house and being there, being present, excuse the pun, and is 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 the gift. That's it. Being together. That's all I really care about actually. I'm really just the monetary commercialism and capitalism and waste that happens. Like it's just it feels actually just a little bit too um indulgent actually compared to what everybody else seems to be going through globally actually and um, there's just not really anything I need other than food water and a and a warm bed and the love of my family that's kind of it I think it's just a lot of toxicity and that's what I felt that I had inside after my accident and uh, yeah it's it's a it's a cleansing on all levels and we've just got to really look at what we've got and be happy and sparkle and sparkle <laughs> should we have should we have a should we have a little interlude with the next course <laughs> i think that sounds like a very good idea <laughs> and some sunscreen perhaps <laughs> maybe i don't know like a curtain actually i mean god dearie moi i don't know what is happening here but it's like someone's put the heating on and i'm actually gonna like i'm like a, a snowman slowly crumbling on the steps of the Prague de mesa it's gonna be just a carrot left rolling down the steps um, towards Santillalia. I have got an ice pack in my um, in my picnic basket. I can shove that down your sparkly jumper. <laughs> I think I might need it actually. I mean, it's, it's literally like about twenty degrees here today, if not hotter. So the second course has been served. What have we got here? 
Well, this vessel that I've carried brought the... Uh, well, I'm doing a perimental miso. <laughs> because obviously we're coming of age now, Jojo, that we've got to keep the menopause um, in check, or the perimenopause, and we need to have pro-oestrogen foods. So in here, in this lovely little vessel I've made... Oh, it's sticky. This is my marvellous miso. And all the goodness, I think we're going to have... I've got a spoon. I'm going to grab a spoon. It's all on the wonk with this... Uh, it smells delicious, but you're right. The, these walls are way too wonky for, <laughs> for pouring liquids. I don't think they were invented for that. I think that's clear to say. No, but I like a food challenge. I like a food challenge too. Are they, are they noodles you're pulling so out? So these are buckwheat noodles. So... The thing is, with, with making miso from scratch, and then we've got some tofu in there as well, and this is uh, sesame organic tofu, loads of wakame. So with making miso, you've got to make a dashi to start with. I mean, most people that make miso get a miso paste, but it's like a cordon bleu chef will be judged on their, on their jus or their, on their stocks, whereas a Japanese chef will be... Is that a pigeon trying to eat the... <laughs> I think he, he knew that his, his card was marked if he came anywhere near us. Um, so a Japanese chef will be marked upon their dashi, which is the, the base of a miso. So you use, um, you soak uh, filtered water in kombu, which is a uh, sea vegetable. You don't boil it, you simmer it. And then you add bonito flakes. So that's a dried, um, it's, it's part of the tuna family. So a lot of people don't actually realise that miso is actually non-vegan. Um, you can make it non-vegan, but it's it's having that dashi base that makes the miso amazing. And then you add your miso right at the end because it's uh, you don't want to destabilise it with heat because you'll lose the probiotic benefit. So amazing, amazing for gut health, amazing for, for ladies of an age, peri, perimental or perimenopausal and menopausal um, and it's great for everyone particularly with uh, you know keeping your immune system in check as well do you want to tuck in you can slurp it straight from the bowl but you can use those spoons and oh of course we need the spring onion there we go Thank you so much. Oh my God, you're absolutely spoiling me. It's just like, hang on, I need need about two more pairs of hands and a table. Hang on. Okay, but you can you can slurp straight from the from the bowl, and then you can use those chopsticks to pick up the miso, no, the noodles and the and the tofu. And that tofu is a really special one. Actually, piping hot. I don't know what that yeah. vessel is that you've got there. Okay, I'm going lips to coconut bowl. Mm. Oh, lovely. Mm. That's, yeah, that's very, very, very good. Yeah, it does taste very fresh. And um, is it umami? Umami, yes, Mm. I I can kind of taste the umami in it, actually. That's what I'm experiencing right now. When you make a dashi, that's the bonito flakes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love these little chopsticks. Like sort of tweezers. 
giant yeah, tweezers. They are. <laughs> the lazy man's chopstick. And how pretty is that? Um, is that tofu? It's like flecked with black sesame seeds and, and white sesame seeds. It just makes it a little bit more interesting than a damp old sponge, which most people think tofu is. But mm. I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a tofu fan. Where did you um, Where did you get the tofu? I got it at Na- um, Natural Point um, in Santa Eulalia, and also you can get, get it from Biocash, which obviously is down that road there. Mm. I've never been to Biocash. I, I think another one you mean there near um, Terra Vita. Um, I think, I don't know, I've got a very special recipe that I make with tofu and I do buy it by the kilo and then I kind of mince it all up with um, wilted spinach mm. and um, peanut butter and Ooh, nice. um, soya sauce. Um, yeah, all sorts goes into that actually. And I have to say, it's literally one of my favourite veggie or vegan dishes that I used to make on retreats. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely loving that recipe. Absolutely gorgeous. Thank you very much indeed. I feel like I'm coming back to life slowly through the course of your delicious food. Mm. <clears throat> delicious. Absolutely gorgeous. Thank you very much. So I've just managed to empty my bowl of miso all over the church steps. <laughs> There's now miso noodles dripping down the Burg de Mesa. I mean, it had to happen at some point. Clumsy Joe Yule comes along and basically <laughs> thinks it's a great idea to eat on the precious uh, spiritual <laughs> enlightenment stairs. I mean, there's always a spillage. Last, the, the first podcast we did for Love Food Ibiza, a man threw a cup of urine over the balcony and hit me, didn't he? So, worst things have happened. <laughs> that was in uh, Sapinha, do you remember? Because yeah. we were making too much noise. We brought some musicians with us. And then um, they were kind of asking us to leave. And their little dogs were kind of like coming around the corner and <laughs> yapping and almost attacking us. And the next thing, a bucket of wee came over the <laughs> over the balcony. <laughs> like, literally. And I thought, oh, it's Kiora, sticky. And... Um, it was very yellow and uh, I thought it was Umbungo actually I thought it was Umbungo and then the this, this stench of urine just kind of like hit me um, yeah I mean golden showers but uh, that was how, how are we going to transition from golden showers <laughs> to course number three <laughs> I really don't know darling but um, this is a healthy version of teriyaki salmon so rather than using a lot of sugar, which teriyaki sauce uses, I've used uh, I've used um, a bit of uh, um, ground dates and a little bit of jaggery for, that I got from India that I'm still using now. Um, and then a very low so- soy sauce, loads and loads and loads of ginger, loads of garlic, and these little nasturtium leaves that are growing wild all over Ibiza at the moment and in my garden particularly good for lung health and um, coughs and colds so it's a it's a really good uh, also it's um, anti anti um, antiviral as well do you have to inhale it to get the benefits no you can just eat it but it's also tastes peppery tastes like um, rocket and the salmon itself so I've marinated it um, for 24 hours loads of ginger loads of garlic a little bit of low salt soy sauce um, and the jaggery and I put it in the air fryer I'm, I'm literally addicted to my air fryer everyone is saying I've become a massive air fryer bore I'm going to join air fryer anonymous <laughs> I, I don't actually know what an air fryer is but I am experiencing the true delights of it and um, this is like nothing short of 
a miracle, a Christmas miracle? I mean, air fryers. I mean, there's just two of us in our household to, to, to heat an oven, and I put a lot through the oven um, at home. So with an air fryer, it's instant heat. It's, um, it's healthier because um, it doesn't use any um, cooking oil, so to speak. You have to spritz it with a little bit of olive oil. Um, but it drains off and it also just cooks a lot quicker I mean that salmon the, the texture of that is fantastic isn't mm. it yeah and it's it's not crispy on the outside like if you pan fried it or put it in the oven but it's it's got a nice density and moisture it's not even perfectly you know cooked all the way through it's still quite rare I mean not rare rare but yeah Pink. it's 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 absolutely spot on actually like everything you make basically I did I did outstanding tandoori chicken in the air fryer yesterday mm. And then you get that even with the skin, it becomes um, charred and crispy and then just melting on the bone. It was just phenomenal. And I've got dessert that I made in the air fryer as well. <laughs> you put dessert in the air fryer? You can, like, literally everything goes in my air fryer. Why is it called an air fryer? Um, it's just like a convectioner. It's like a mini oven. So people just think it's like a deep fat fryer with no oil, mm. which it's not. It's just got like a top and bottom element. It's just like supercharged. Um, so in terms of it, it's far more economical. I think Jamie Oliver did this uh, show recently saying and it was it was just clocking up the units in terms of um, electric consumption. And it was sort of like, I don't know, £1.50 to, to cook a roast dinner in, in the oven, one, you know, for one meal. And, you know, add that up over the course of a month. And the air fryer was something like 27p. So. But you had it here, here first, folks. <laughs> How to save money this Christmas. Get yourself an air fryer. We should actually ask them for a bit of sponsorship, I think, now. Uh, to, I, uh, just, uh, I literally could go on the shopping channel. I mean, I'm so. I'm like become the biggest air fryer bore. Um, but yeah, it's just. It's great for me. It's challenging. And then I'm thinking, can I put that in the air fryer? Amazing baked apples I did the other day in the air fryer. How do you chop up your ginger so beautifully and finely as well as the garlic in such an amazingly you know Micro- thin fashion a mandolin uh. not for the faint-hearted mm. two years ago i lost a knuckle and i like it's like even like bulbous now can you see like i've got this bulbous lump where, i just thought that was normal for you yeah my gnarly hands i mean i i, I try and maintain a good like level of makeup on the face but look down to the gnarly claws and it looks like i've been digging in in the earth the grave <laughs> the of gra- de Mesa. yeah with with a little bit of red nail varnish on the top to disguise yeah i'm not i i, ha- I'm, I wouldn't make a hand model no way um You've made me forgot my train of thought there. We're talking about mandolins and oh, yes. um, how you get your garlic and ginger in such ridiculously perfect form. Yeah, so I've got a technique of holding that. Yeah, so and I'm quick with the mandolin, so you go up, you know, basically up and down. Do you know what? I think you gave me one once to do some beetroot for a part, like um, almost like a not a ceviche, but like a, a capaccio that yes. I was doing. And I also had a serious injury with that thing. I almost took off my thumb. No, so anything like so, like solid like that, I mean, that's not for the faint-hearted doing slicing beetroot because it's a really hard vegetable. So when you're slicing beetroot in the future, nip off a little corner so it's not, you know, you've got your round beetroot, so cut a little bottom off it so you've then got flat surface so it's not rolling around. So you've got a, you've got the stability to be able to cut it. Um, 
but yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at doing the ginger and the garlic in, with the mandolin. Um, and the good thing is, you've, if you've got like a little Tupperware, you can you can just do a whole batch. It's a bit kind of meditative. Um, get loads and lo- like a whole bulb of garlic and just go hammer it with the with the mandolin, and then you can keep it in the fridge for for a week. So I just sucked on that lime <laughs> just to finish the the clearance of the palate. It was um, a taste sensation, actually, as always. But yeah, I really, really like ginger and garlic anyway. And I think at this time of year, as you were just saying, to keep the old um, immune system immune system ticking on uh, all uh, all cylinders is um, extremely important. Because actually, Sam, my boyfriend woke up this morning feeling like his glands are all swelling up. And I was like, oh, here we go. It's like you kind of limp to the finish line of Christmas, don't you, to get all your work done. And like, you know, you've got this big carrot dangling of this wonderful holiday. And then as soon as you down tools... You kind of come down with this um, horrible itis of something. And um, I think to eat foods like this in the run-up to Christmas to keep the vibe high are really important. I've been doing my ginger shots quite regularly. And um, I think they're a game-changer, personally. I really feel like that ginger shot two or three times a day. Also, to cut down my coffee intake. It's like when I'm feeling tired and I'm editing or something, then I just have a shot of ginger now. And it actually sorts me out way more than a cup cup of coffee ever could have done or would have done. And you can you can then go the next level and really supercharge it with getting if you've got your root ginger get root um, turmeric organic root turmeric again it's a bugger for your fingernails so <laughs> would you come and clean my juicer after the turmeric goes through it though I know that's the problem um, but even if you grate it with the skin on you're going to protect your your fingers from being stained for a week mm. but that that and then you, if you have um, it's like you killed Big Bird. <laughs> Yeah, and then if you use lo- a local honey, so you've got your ground, you- your freshly um, grated ginger, loads of it, freshly grated turmeric, few grinds of um, black pepper because that activates the turmeric, as you know, mm-hmm. and then you use a local honey which has got the antiviral properties, antibacterial properties, and then your lemon juice, and then you've got the most powerful medicinal elixir to have to prevent colds and also i'm a great believer in this lovely um nasturtium flower and nasturtium leaves what makes an elixir an elixir what makes it what's the definition i mean is it just like something that's quite magical and special like a potion a magic potion yeah exactly that's what it is what's your favorite magic potion my clemoncello (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna actually agree with you there wholeheartedly there's no doubt in my mind i mean if you do make a batch, then that's perfect for New Year's Eve. So if you have like um, champagne carver or prosecco, a bit of the clemoncello in there makes a fantastic cocktail. Are you going to put that on your Instagram account at Love Food Ibiza so that we can maybe uh, check that recipe out in the run up to uh, on run up to New Year's Eve? I actually did a little video in my in amongst my orange tree, and then suddenly a load of bees. Um, we're just landing on my fingers as I'm screaming and trying to explain the uh, the video. <laughs> so that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. you, love, you love a little insect. I mean, you got bitten by a spider the other week, didn't you? Uh, on the eve of Halloween. And I have to say, it was very challenging, particularly after my incident. It's not been your year, Tess. I was in the kitchen and Dan, we were watching Netflix and Dan was like, oh, his stomach was rumbling. Not that I, I don't feed him, but he was like... Oh, I just fancy something. So I'm scrabbling around in the kitchen in the dark. 
and then all of a sudden literally my finger my middle finger it felt all I could describe as having a vein pop extreme heat and just a throbbing deep pain put the light on in the kitchen my finger was almost instantly going black where were you at the time in my house yeah, but in bed or no I was in the kitchen you were in the kitchen when the spider hit got you yeah so this is the thing was it I hiding mean... behind the whisker <laughs> in, the, in with the crackers <laughs> in with the ribita <laughs> I was literally making cheese and biscuits <laughs> and that's, that's what I mean I should have been making something. I should have been giving him an apple or a stick of celery. I was like, no, I'll, I'll make a nice cheese and biscuit platter, much to my demise. And then we were inspecting my finger under the light and you could see two distinct puncher marks, blisters. I had a game in the 80s called I Want to Bite, I Want to Bite Your Finger. It was a vampire game and you stuck your, your finger in, in Dracula's mouth <laughs> and it would punch your finger. So it was... And... and um, yeah, so Dan, obviously knowing what's going on on the island, um, had seen on Ibiza Winter Residence about spy- the, the recluse brown spider. And he said, I think that's a spider bite. And then I spoke to another friend and she said, Tess, get yourself straight to A&E, which I did. And I, I would have gone to bed thinking I've just burst a blood vessel in my finger. So went went into hospital. They looked at my finger, and and before I could do anything, they've they've pulled my jumper up and stabbed my arm with um, uh, a tetanus, a tetanus jab, a, a, antibiotic jab, antibiotics, and they said, yeah, it's a, spi- it's a spider bite. And the fact is, like very unfortunately, about two years ago, a, a, a British tourist was, I think, watching a, sun- a sunset at Mambo. And exactly the same thing happened, but he went home to bed. Next day, three fingers completely black, so it, necrosis had set in. So, like, it was it killed the tissue, and and yeah, the flesh dies basically. And God, I'm, I'm loving this festivity. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Jesus. I mean, <laughs> you shouldn't be saying such a thing. Like Blasphemy on the steps of the church. Oh God, I didn't even realise. Oh yes. Naughty girl. I'm very sorry. Everybody that's listening, I'm very sorry, Mr. Man upstairs. Yes, do apologise. So he lost three fingers. He actually had three fingers amputated. I actually put it on my on my story, on my Instagram story, saying, please be aware, because it's, you know, it's not unheard of. And then I think two days later, another person that we, we know of on the grapevine had lost a finger and it's the, the same day that I got the spider bite. Thank so I don't, know, I don't know who that person is, but it was a mutual friend said, oh, did you hear about so-and-so lost a finger? I and mean, I, I, had, them, yeah. I had the same thing when I was in India. Maybe it was 2019. It was right before lockdown and all the stuff that went along after it. And, and I left it for... I mean, they said, and then the first thing they said, it happened in India in a beach hut. And I think I got up in the middle of the night and I was cold. So I put a, went to put a pair of socks on. And two minutes later, something went, Ugh! and, you know, I knew that I'd been bitten by something. Well, I just threw the socks off and went back to sleep. And then the next day, it was like, yeah, as you said, two great big fang marks. And I went to the doctor and he was like, listen, I'm going to give you, um, you know, some treatment now, but you have to come back tomorrow. And whatever happens, you cannot miss the second appointment because... You know, people's people have got gangrene, and you know, have had to actually amputate limbs and legs, and 
you know, all sorts of things. He's like, the spiders here, you know, you don't joke with them. They're very, very serious. So, um, of course, I didn't go back because I, I actually just left the country. That. I was about to say that. There's a more, there's going to be a, a jovial um, scenario where she didn't follow the instructions of the And dog, then a, a big sort of, like, you know, kinder egg formed on my ankle where this, like, your body is just, like, so unbelievably cool the way it deals with these kinds of things. So it sort of formed, like, an egg around the poison which grew on my ankle. It was obviously really like, affecting the way I was walking and I was limping and I had pain in my hip and all my whole right side. And so eventually, when I got to Belgium after I got stuck in Indian lockdown, when I got there, I said to Sam, like, I, I really have got to go and get this seen to him because nobody else wanted to go anywhere near a hospital I could have an appointment at the Tropical Diseases Centre there, which is like world-renowned for sorting out all sorts. And um, they literally took it out, you know, I didn't even put me to sleep. They just cut it right out of my ankle there and then. And it was like a like a plastic ball around this lump of poison. And they cut it open and out it popped. Wow. And I thought baby spiders were going to start crawling out of this big sort wow. of um, plastic, sort of a bit like a, you know, those sherbets when you were um, a kid, like the kind of the, the Saturn yeah. shaped. That's what came out of my ankle. That's extraordinary. And, you, and have you got a scar now? Did they have to stitch you up? Wow. But, I mean, I quite enjoyed watching him do it because yeah. it was just, like, incredible. It was like, oh, my God, my body is, like, insanely intelligent to be able to, like, create an actual egg around a lump of poison. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's impeccable. Ingenious, ingenious. Um, wow. But li- you still got your finger. I've st- oh, yeah, that's my toolbox. But I was convinced that, in my mind, it was a broken blood vessel. And then, lo and behold, two weeks later, I'm in my... I've got a corner cupboard in my kitchen. It's got a lot of um, storage containers. And inside the storage container was said spider. And... Did you kill it? No. I gave it to Dan. I don't know what he did. <laughs> he said... He tortured it for the next six it years. in the children's playground. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> no, he really didn't. But well, I'm then face to face with the spider, and it was so te- it was so textbook. It was so textbook. Brown recluse spider, and it's also called the violin spider because on on its main body it looks like a violin case. So I'm looking in it, looking at Wikipedia, going, "Oh dear, uh, it was actually a spider bite." I'm actually very happy I finished the course of antibiotics and they it was napalm strength antibiotics two weeks a two-week course so yes I've got my little middle finger which I'm very happy it's still there for you I mean that would have been a complete and utter nightmare doing what you do yeah right hand that is my toolbox you would have tickled the nasturtia yeah I would have had to use my my mouth I don't know but I yeah I'm very so but everyone was like Tess you bounce back from all this stuff I'm like well I'm still here um you're a walking Christmas miracle <laughs> with two presents on your head I mean honestly <laughs> should we have pudding I think that's a great idea because um, I can hear the 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 priest actually probably thinking we're talking too loud because you've moved right a little bit closer to try and get but out of the sun it's all your blasphemy you see <laughs> I th- i'm gonna go and say three hell marys before we leave please please go and do possibly that. four <laughs> so um i'm actually completely speechless for once in my life this looks absolutely insane what have we got here so as you can see it's a heart-shaped mince pie homemade mince pie for two so i think that would probably feed three or four actually it's quite a large one um but as many abitha residents probably know you can't get mince meat on the island so um i always make a massive kilmer jar um and i and how do you do that 
So you just get all your dried fruit. So your sultanas, um, I use prunes and dates, um, even cherries, um, cranberries, um, mixed peel, and then I use clementine peel, orange peel, and then lashings of brandy. And if you can get suet, so I use um, a vegetarian suet because, you know, other suet is made with animal product. And then marzipan. So I, I do actually bring marzipan and suet back from the UK, smuggle it in my suitcase. Um, but you can certainly make it without. Um, and then you just keep feeding it brandy and it just becomes gorgeous. And then that mince meat, is, is, it's very versatile. So I'll use it for making like apple strudel or a frangipan. It's amazing on porridge as well in the, in the morning. You can put it on chia pudding. So I'm a massive um, mincemeat fan. And a lot of people that don't know mincemeat think it's mince meat, but it's not, obviously. Um, and then this little wonder in here, you can't get clotted cream, but that is a brandy and, you know, these little vanilla beans there? I, got the, I picked those from Zanzibar in the spice farm. I'm actually dribbling. <laughs> I, mean, I, I do waffle on. Someone was saying, just get, just put the fork in it and serve it, Tess. Shut up. I don't want to hear the whole food story. <laughs> no, I definitely starving. do. I'm, I'm, no, I'm definitely not starving. Jesus, you just give me three whole courses. So I'm quite glad you gave half of the first course away to the passing uh, prayer people that were uh, coming out of the church. That actually feels like yesterday. <laughs> We've moved about 16 times with all of our wares. So I, um, I said to Dan, I'm going, I'm going off for an hour's podcast with Joe. And he said, I'll see you at night time. I said, it won't be that long. See you at sunset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, it looks unbelievably gorgeous. So hang on, I'm just going to film you cutting it. I feel like we're sort of cutting a ceremonial cake here. That is a really... <sighs> decent dollop my god are you serious yeah, am i gonna put that in my yeah, face you're not lactose intolerant well i'm not now <laughs> i'm actually scared to put my mouth around that that's gonna be obscene oh my god that is outrageous mm. oh death is it, is it, it would have been better hot i mean you've really seriously not went one out of the ballpark just to make a change that is out that's outstanding yeah Oh dear God! It's mostly, I think, just the brandy and the, and the gorgeous cream that's like knocking my, my senses for six. But the kind of crusty, crunchy, moist, yeah, greatness of the of the selection of of uh, mince meat as well. I mean, yeah, it's just like literally cooked to perfection. I guess how I cooked it in the fryer, <laughs> in, in the air fryer, of course. Ah. Are they sponsoring this podcast? Mm, they should do. Mm. I mean, that's just ridiculous. It really is. That cream is just like to die for. Talk us through the cream again. Right, there's no science here. You can't get um, clotted cream in Ibiza. So if I do a cream tea, I get mascarpone. And then you just start whipping it a bit, just with a fork or a little balloon whisk. And then I just poured a bit of brandy in there. Some agave syrup and vanilla pod. Scrape a load of vanilla bean. It's nice. So easy. And th then you can keep that in the fridge all over the festive period. It's dirty as hell. I don't think it would last longer than about 10 seconds in my household. I mean, that's just um, mm, very, very um, special. I feel, you know, the festivity period, I think, is all about indulging the senses, I think, in ways 
um, that you wouldn't normally. And we've definitely done that today. But for me, I mean, all of the other courses were epic, but that really is by far my favourite. I do love a mince pie. I mean, I remember when um, the awful place that is Tesco's opened up here. They brought one over here to, to near San Antonio, and I was like, that is actually sacrilege. They should not bring international um supermarket brands from overseas and everyone was like oh yeah but you can get the best sausage rolls and the mince pies and i was like that is never something that i would drive to san antonio for let alone from an international you know corporation which just should not exist on an island like this so you know to make a homemade mince pie i tell the other thing that i always make from scratch on ibiza and i've never ever bought anywhere i taught myself when i moved here because i couldn't find it anywhere to make hummus and my hummus is better than any hummus you're going to find anywhere in the shops. And I just think like it's just so easy and so quick and so delicious and so healthy. Um, I have that probably for lunch maybe three or four times a week just with crudite or, you know, whatever it is I'm going to dip in it. But it's just um, just one of those things that you have to learn how to make when you come to Ibiza, just like a mince pie because you can't buy them. Back to the hummus. And it's, it's so much cheaper. And and when you make, when I make hummus, I think oh I'm I'm, I'm getting a jar as well because the chickpeas in Ibiza it comes in the glass jar so suddenly I've got a glass jar to put my nuts in and um, I use the aquafaba. Do you use the aquafaba in your hummus? So you know the, briny, the what? You know the briny liquid that the chickpeas come in. I always drain that off. No, put that in the hummus. So obviously, how do you make it little? wetter do you use um i just like put a whole i take a peel of lemon and put a whole lemon in it so I just use the juice of the lemon in mine so next time you do it use half of the aquafaba and it will be really velvety and creamy now you tell me and it's like that's also what i like doing it's waste-free kitchen isn't it and if i if i do a lot of chickpeas if i use chickpeas and curry i keep the aquafaba make meringue or use it in a mousse Oh my god, I've been throwing it away all these years, I had no idea. Okay, well that's good to know. Thank you for uh, wisening uh, the rest of our listeners as well. What a wonderful thing to think that you can even keep that and put it in a curry. Yeah, or even like the, so keep that, put it in a, put it in, because it's got quite um, a salty, briny taste, so it's really good to keep in, put it in soups or in a, if you're doing a Thai curry and it's got that kind of velvety kind of like consistency, so I, I never throw away the brine. Well, I think that's a perfect way. Well, I think that's a perfect um, place to end today's amazing podcast picnic. Um, it's been absolutely gorgeous to have you on, as always, and to witness your incredible creativity and um, beautiful food. I mean, I've never eaten anybody's food that's as delicious as yours. It has to be said. And um, today was was no exception. So thank you for putting all this effort in to to make that and, and to bring it all the way here to the Pug, the Mesa. I mean, you've just literally carried you know, quite a few cool boxes in a basket and all the trimmings and all the festivities and you bought me some a present and antler to pop on my head and it looked like a giant present penis. I feel fabulous. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So here's to Christmas podcast 2023 or Easter. Should we do an Easter one? I think, yeah, we can make a little comeback with some bunny ears and um, maybe go sort of into the, I don't know, into the forest or something where the bunny rabbits live. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm just going to say that I'm not making a New Year's Eve um, episode this year. So I will see you back here on what I believe could be the 6th of January, something like that. Friday the 6th of January will be back. Um, have an amazing Christmas. Have an amazing start to 2023. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Lots of love, health and happiness for the new year. Reserable. It's the reserable.
Every day.